everybody. Welcome back to another segment of Bookends. He's Jason. This is our uh, mascot teaser. I'm Chucky. We missed you guys last week. Uh, we had our new launch of our mobile app. And uh, aren't you going to interrupt me? Oh, I guess I can interrupt you now. now? I thought you were no, going to. No, we wanted to make sure we lead with the up to $500 is back. Uh, all new signups on the app. We know you're getting ready for football season. Uh, Finding getting hot in baseball, got to get signed up for the app. Um, you know, up to five hundred dollars a bonus for new signups. Uh, deposit five thousand, bet five thousand, you're gonna get up to five hundred, and go all the way down. At that bonus is ten percent, so whatever your deposit amount is, you're gonna get ten percent back. And now's another just a great time to get that uh, new signup done and get up to five hundred bucks. I think it's a great time now, especially with football starting. I mean, this is a you know preseason. We've got the Hall of Fame game going on. You've got baseball, kind of the, the pennant stretches on right now. A lot of movement in hockey and basketball. Basketball with with free agency, the baseball trade deadline just passed. Olympics are, are kind of finishing up, so there's so many cool things going on. Last right man now. standing. Last man come standing. In, when you come in to do your sign up for um, your new account. Make sure you get signed up for last man standing. We've got college last man standing at a hundred thousand. Uh, pro last man standing at one hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, Twenty five dollars a sign up. Buy five. Buy four. Get the fifth entry free. Win so them for both. Win them both, you get to take home a $750,000 bonus. So that's a cool million uh, between both contests and the $750,000 bonus. Yeah, Last Man Standing's been our uh, kind of signature and staple contest for a long time, guys. And, and I think we're excited the college contest is back. Last year we just went pro with all the uncertainty in college football. But it's great to have college football back. Uh, a lot of guests were asking. There's not a lot of college football options out there. This is the best option out there. Last Man Standing, $100,000 guaranteed. So we're going to dive right into it, guys. We're going to start with, uh, I think, the NHL and NBA. Um, just uh, the, the free agency frenzy that we've seen in both those leagues. I mean, it hit home here in the NHL a little bit with uh, Marc-Andre Fleury being traded out of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, we knew that the Knights were up against the cap a little bit. Um, we knew that they had to make some tough decisions in the offseason. There was rumblings last year that um, Fleury would get traded. He does get traded to Chicago. Uh, he is going to play for the Blackhawks. He announced that. It's Leonard's team right now. They re-signed Martinez. Uh, but you still have to wonder about what that does to – I mean, I know the fan base is upset, but in the locker room. I mean, Fleury was the face of that franchise um, both on and off the ice, and I think he's going to be sorely missed, especially in the locker room. Well, I think from a player standpoint, obviously you, you wonder, hey, it, anybody's movable at, at any time, And but what it really says is McCrimmon and the organization wants to win. And we expected this last year and didn't expect them to have all that money sitting on the bench all the time. And obviously Leonard goes down um, kind of early in the season and Fleury ends up having a fantastic season and uh, kind of proves his worth to the organization. Wins the Vesna, right. Yeah, and, and, uh, but this was going to be Leonard's team. This was, that was how it was set up, and Fleury was set up to be the backup. So um, this is a, essentially a goal swap from two years ago where we get, the, right. we get Leonard from the Hawks and now we send Fleury, Fleury back to the Hawks. And um, I, I think it, it screams to the players that, hey, we're going to continue to try and get better and, um, whatever pieces of the puzzle we have to move, we're going to have to move. And from a fan base standpoint, I mean, two of the Knights' favorites in, in Ryan Reeves and, and Marc-Andre Fleury uh, both get the ships out as Reeves was sent to the Rangers. Um, but again, I think it shows a commitment to the organization that um, we're going to continue to try and get better and, and look to win a Stanley Cup. I think the interesting piece is that when you look at your prototypical Western Conference, uh, the two teams that you can say are right at the top, the Knights and the Avalanche, both have goalie question marks now. I mean, I know we still have Leonard, but you don't have that team. Tandem, which was arguably the best tandem in the league, but Colorado couldn't afford Grubar. Grubar. They let him go. They had to sign Landeskog and McCarr, and you've got McKinnon coming up. Uh, so they had to make a tough decision as well. They traded for Darcy Kemper, but you look at the season that Grubar had, both Grubar and Flurry, both in that Vesna, Vesna um, trophy race. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the West kind of unfolds right now with, with those two teams going in different directions. 
No, I'm excited, excited to get there, and we've already got up game one uh, for the for the Golden Knights. And who do they the, play game the, one? The Kraken. The Kraken. Uh, will make their visit to uh, Las Vegas and T-Mobile Arena. So uh, I think it's October 14th. The lines up for that. Yep, yeah, there'll be a lot of props game on Game one. The, board. the Knights are a pretty heavy favorite there, but uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of a pause. Let's enjoy baseball season and the start of football, and uh, we'll jump into hockey. But I know those hockey futures, a lot of teams, a lot of movement, and uh, some interesting pieces going. Um, so there's uh, obviously available betting on on the cup, and uh, we'll have uh, soon enough. We'll have up uh, total points for the season, and you'll start to see props on uh, on certain players as well. Yeah, I think the two biggest drops were uh, Chicago, with not only getting Flurry, but picking up uh, Jake McCabe from the Sabers, and then uh, trading for Seth Jones, uh, and then the Devils too, picking up um, uh, Dougie Hamilton. I think both those two teams we saw a little bit of a drop in the futures as well. Some teams were raised like Buffalo, even though they still held on to Jack Eichel. Uh, they really have gutted that team pretty much at this point. I still still think that Eichel doesn't play for the Sabers this year. I think he has that surgery, and at some point they look to deal him uh, for something he wants out, his agent wants out. They're a team right now with a bunch of young kids. They're not going anywhere. I think Eichel gets dealt as well before the season starts. Um, looking at the NBA, I mean, they are just throwing money around. I mean, with those TV deals that they have, you look at these teams right now, if it's the Lakers, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Heat, so many teams have kind of changed the face of what their teams look like now. There's a number of teams that have kind of the, the big three. Maybe Chicago has the big four, um, but it's interesting the way that they're throwing money around and uh, the face of these franchises has changed pretty dramatically in the last kind of 72 hours. Yeah, and, and I think we, I think internally or, or media-wise, the, the big three is a term that's maybe utilized a little bit too loosely in, in um, a lot of these moves. And, you know, the Bulls talking about a big four, I, I don't know if they're... They're the big three. They've got three solid players, well, four solid guys. Well, I think for them, when you, when you look at what they had in the past and when you can put guys um, on the court now that are all all-stars um, and you have guys like that, I think it kind of changes a little bit. I think the fans' perception is a little bit different. You become more competitive. The Bulls made these moves for today. I mean, you look at the trades that they've made going back to last year. I don't think they have a number one for, for three years, and a lot of teams have kind of done that, and we talked about it off-air um, with some of our uh, young interns that are here in a in a attendance today and you know we kind of contributed and we talked about it that you're you're drafting for potential so those number one picks in the nba don't mean as much as they did maybe five or ten years ago so teams are in that win out now mode i think you look at what the brooklyn did and and you look at the lakers and other teams are looking to have those those big name superstars um that really kind of are game changers put butts in the seats and, and get people to start watching those teams play yeah and, and obviously you know you talk about the lakers and adding westbrook and that's to me that's a that's a big three. You know, they've they've created the monster there, and then uh, bring in. They still uh, don't have anybody that can shoot from well, the outside. Yeah, well, that that they think they solved that with <laughs> yeah. Carmelo Anthony, but uh, I don't know if that's a <laughs> that's a fix. And and obviously the big three that we have in Brooklyn, and um, you know we saw the Bucks able to kind of steal an NBA championship this year um, with some of the injuries that we saw both uh, in Brooklyn and in the in the Lakers and and Phoenix being able to knock off the Clippers after the injury to Kawhi. Um, so we saw some key injuries that allowed them to right kind of. You know, I won't say backdoor to the NBA championship, but at the end of the day, that's kind of kind of what happened. Um, so I still think that those are kind of the the two big three that we really have. I really like to move Kyle Lowry um, down to the Heat. Uh, I think that that's a big move into tanning him up with uh, with Butler. Um, you know, and, and some of the other movement though. At the end of the day, it's still going to be picked up Lakers, too as Lakers, well. I think Nets. The, the Heat have made a couple of good moves. I agree with you. Um, the Sixers. You know, they, 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 I like the kind of what they're doing there. Uh, the Bucks. Obviously, we see them come off. They're going to keep all those pieces. Of the puzzle um 
but I, again, I think we're going to go through this season at the end of the day. If, if these guys are all healthy, we're going to be sitting uh, Nets-Lakers once again with uh, watching what these uh, kind of two big three that I'll truly refer to as the two big three combos. Um, and, and the Warriors is Providing another. they can stay healthy. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's a big, big key. And it wasn't just those two teams last year. I mean, really, the playoffs were based on that. We saw so many star players. I mean, not just star players on those teams, but some of the top five or ten players in, in the entire league missed valuable playoff time, which really uh, altered the landscape. Landscape of the NBA Finals, and we last got to year. watch guys blossom. I mean, names like Trey Young and Devin Booker, and you know, I mean, it was it was great to see those it guys was, play yeah. on that stage, um, you know, at, at that deep into the playoffs and have, having the success that they did. I think it's helped the NBA a little bit when when you go back. I mean, there was such a stretch when the only NBA champs were the Heat. The Lakers, the Celtics, the Bulls, the Pistons, the Spurs, the Rockets. There was like eight or nine teams that had dominated over a 20-year stretch. And now, over the last few years, you had the Raptors win with Leonard. You had the Bucks win with Giannis. So still having those star players has really helped that league a lot. Yep. But uh, so NBA guys, those futures are up. NHL futures are up. A lot of movement has happened. I think we've seen the Bulls, the Heat, the Knicks drop a little bit. Um, that I think the Warrior team, as you mentioned too, they're right in that mix of top five and anxious to see what they do too in free agency. Uh, Curry got a huge deal again um, with, with them, and if they're healthy with Clay Thompson back, that's like getting a big free agency signing Absolutely. as well. So we're going to jump over to baseball now. And, you know, the trade deadline passed. The rich got richer. And it's just unbelievable. I mean, what the, the Dodgers were able to pull off. I mean, there were so many rumors with Scherzer going to the Padres or, or Red Sox. We were all kind of joking around that, that our crystal ball and our scouts were telling us that he's going to the, to the Padres. Well, we actually, you know, I'll jump in there. But we actually had, when the rumors were out that Scherzer was going to the Padres, we actually had moved the Padres to the favorite. favorite right. they, they became the World Series yeah. favorite for a, for a period of time based on that rumor of him going there. And then obviously, um, you know, Tatis's injury and some of the other things that happened, uh, that changed uh, the course of that right. real quickly as the Dodgers moved to the favorite uh, once that was rumored to be the signing. But uh, again, uh, amazing. But they don't uh, only get Scherzer, deadline. they get Turner as well. I mean, you, you look at those two guys and, and it took a while for the Giants. It looked like they weren't going to make any move. And I, I know we were talking about it. It was like 17 minutes away from the trade deadline, which was uh, 1 o'clock our time on that day, 4 o'clock Eastern time. It's like the only thing that makes sense for them is Chris Bryant at this point. And they did go out and, and pick up Chris Bryant. He can play a number of infield positions as well as the outfield. The Mets picking up Javi Baez. The White Sox, Kimbrell. I know we're kind of dwelling on Chicago because we're both Chicago guys. And we were we were in tears that day, but it is what it is. Well, it was, but, the, it uh, was the talk of the trade line. I mean, right. real, really what the Cubs did in, in losing – you know, we, we talk about those four pieces, but there were several other pieces to it of Jock Peterson and, and uh, Chafin and you Tepera, know, just right. every, everybody that they kind of was a mass exodus out of Chicago. Um, and, and but, you know, so that was the that was the key. That was the, the whole trade deadline was those guys right. uh, and, and their talks. And, um, you know, we've talked about this at nauseum of, you know, they. <laughs> They were all free agents. They were all offered Well, that doesn't happen and, often, yeah. though, where you have all your stars come up at the exact same time. Um, and, you know, being a Cub fan, these guys were all looking, as you mentioned, for big, big deals. And, and you have to wonder, and a couple, a lot of teams will, will keep their aging stars way too long um, and their fan favorites. Uh, you know, I'd like to see maybe one or two of those guys go back the way we talked about it and everything we've read. There seems to be a little bit of kind of bad blood between Hoyer and Rizzo. I don't think Bryant goes back. I think if one maybe goes back, it would be Javi Baez, 
being a fan favorite. We talked about it off uh, off air as well. Is that he's just a dynamic player. He puts butts in the seats. He's exciting to watch. I know he's playing with Lindor now, who is his best friend, and we know the Mets have some money. Um, but if he doesn't sign there, I, I think I would make Chicago maybe uh, an opportunity for him to go back. But of the three, I would make him the favorite to play for the Cubs again. I, I don't. I don't think you see any of them back. In I don't Chicago. either. But I'd make him the favorite. Um, I think that they've uh, they've parted ways and the. Cubs are moving in a different direction, and they'll look for whatever free agents, free agents they can find to fill that up. But going back to just the kind of the start of the conversation on the Dodgers, um, yeah, getting Trey Turner and, and uh, Scherzer is absolutely amazing. They actually signed Cole Hamels yesterday. Right. Um, you know, I don't know what he's been doing, but uh, hopefully uh, from a standpoint, if I know he's going to make a million dollars and get uh, 200000 per start. So if they're looking for some starts there, obviously with the whole uh, Kershaw banged up and Bauer and Gosselin uh, going down and Danny Duffy, they get from the Royals, who's not healthy at this point in time right now. So they were looking for some starting pitching, but they're getting really healthy in their and their players as well. As we saw, Boots come, uh, Betts come back, right. uh, Seager comes back, um, Trey Turner's been on the uh, IL with a COVID uh, list, so they're gonna have to find a space for him in the lineup. Uh, Taylor's been absolutely oh, amazing. They will find a space, right? Uh, Pollock's hitting the ball well. Bellinger's, you know, who's really kind of uh, struggling uh, for that team is, and has found himself batting, you know, seventh and eighth in the right. lineup on on given nights here. But the Dodgers are really set for prime. For a, for a run here, um, again, kind of seeing what's going to happen with that starting pitching. Uh, I think Kershaw uh, was getting closer to return versus, uh, you know, not returning, and, and obviously the Bauer situation's a mess. Um, but, uh, you know, the other big one for me um, was the White Sox. You know, right. I, the, the addition of Kimbrell um, and, and getting some of their injured players back um, really shortens the game they up. They still might get Robert back, too, at yeah. some point. So Their starting pitching has been really, really good. They're obviously in a division that they're going to win a lot of games because they're playing the you know the Twins and the Royals and the Tigers night after night after night. Uh, but that, that bullpen uh, between uh, uh, Hendricks and, and Kimbrell, uh, they haven't really uh, made it known who's going to be the eighth inning guy, who's going to be the ninth inning guy. They've I think said, they ride the they hot end. They, yeah, they yeah. said they really don't care. They just want to They just want to win games. Um, so if the White Sox can continue to put up some runs, they're going to be uh, really good come this postseason if they have those guys on the back end pitching well. Yeah, I think when you look at the American League, you look at the whole American League East. I mean, I, you can't rule Toronto out. Uh, they made some good acquisitions as well. Uh, well, Tampa, Barrios. I mean, they're, yeah, they're one pickup. And, and they, Nelson, gave Nelson they gave Cruz. a lot. They gave a lot to get him from But I Minnesota. think it's really competitive when you look at those four teams. Uh, um, with, with what the Yankees did, picking up both Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo's been on a tear since he went there, especially with that short porch in, in New York. You look at the, the Red Sox are going to, looks like they might get Chris Sale back. White Sox already have Jimenez back. Looks like they're going to get Luis Robert back. But it's just such a difference. We talked about um, hockey and basketball. Hockey, there is a extremely hard cap. Teams are making really tough decisions. Basketball does have a cap, but there's that luxury tax. If you go over it, you're paying a 50% tax. Some of the, you know, the rich, the big market teams can do that. But in baseball, you look at the Dodgers. I mean, they're in on a $300 million payroll, it's just not balanced. I mean, they just can go out and pretty much do what they want, and they're expected to spend that money. Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, they went out and made those big moves when they had to. It's definitely an unbalanced kind of field in baseball right now during the second half. Yeah, and I mean... That's it's baseball. That's baseball. Yep, you know? I agree. And, and so that's why you're going to continue to see the Yankees and Mets and, and those teams mentioned uh, year after year and the Dodgers of what they're doing. And 
um, small market teams. It's uh, it's uh, awesome to see when they do play well, and that's why it's amazing year after year to see this Oakland A's team uh, right. continue to compete. And uh, you know, on the American League side, Houston's another team that right. um, you know is going to be right there. They continue to hit the ball uh, between Tucker and and uh, Gurriel, and and, and they've guys. let big names go over the last few years. If it was Cole, and then it was Springer. I mean, they're not really paying a lot of these guys that big money when their yeah. contracts come up. They're pretty much well. They're young go. guys. They're right. they're good. They're, these are guys who are going to end up right. making money in a couple of years, and um, they've they've still had a huge bat on the bench in Bregman right. um, that's been out for quite some time, and he's uh, starting to make some rehab um, down in the minors. So they they get him back. That adds another big bat to that uh, to that lineup as well. I think what's interesting for baseball though is that a lot of these teams went out. They spent all this money, but if you don't win the division and you become a wild card team, it's just one game. I mean, say the Dodgers don't catch the Giants and the Giants win the West. The Dodgers are a wild card team. They're going to play one game. It could be against the Padres. Um, they could have maybe Tatis isn't out for the year. He's back. You're having to go against Darvish maybe in that game. You could lose that game. Uh, you might have to go against, you know, a Mets team that's really good or a Phillies team. It's just one game. Same thing in the American League. You look at all these teams in the East that made those moves. Yankees go out and get Gallo and Rizzo. They could conceivably play one game. Maybe it's against Tampa. Maybe it's against Oakland. But it's one game to move on so you do a lot in baseball for potential to play one game to move on well but that but that's what was added you know that wild card no i I agree i mean that's why that's why these play the game you want to have an organization that you know is going to do everything they can to get you to, to be able to play that one game to, to continue to advance. Personally, I wish playoffs. it was the best of three, but yeah, it's just the one game and I think I, I think that's what prevents some of the smaller market teams from making moves because if they're on the cusp, like like Cincinnati really isn't that far to the wild card. They didn't go out and make a, any moves. They didn't deal Castellanos, which they could have who comes up for free agency, but I think it's tough for some of those teams because if they don't win that game, it's all kind of for naught. Well, you saw that kind of in Seattle with um, you know giving up Graveman um, right. to the Astros, and then there were I think at the time they were two games out of the wild card um, from that standpoint. And the team felt that they were making a run, and now now you give up their number one closer, and it kind of aggravated the guys there that hey, we're in this thing, and you just traded our, you know our number one closer, and they they did end up making a move you know, after that and getting Diego Castillo from the Tampa Bay Rays, um, that, that'll kind of step in as their closer with Seawald. Um, but again, it goes back down to the player psyche of, right. hey, we're trying to win this thing. And then the, you the front office goes, yeah, you that you're goes to office it, and right. does something behind their back. Now, you know, if you're a guy that your contract's coming up in Seattle, are you excited and to, to stay in Seattle where you don't have a full confidence that your team's going to do everything you can when you when you're on the cusp, cusp of making the playoffs or have a chance to make the playoffs that they're going to go ahead and and make moves that uh, you know aren't going to work to help right. you on the field. Yeah, I mean all this stuff guys, we can talk about all these leagues for 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 hours. I think but check out the app. I mean, we've made a lot of adjustments to uh, to all the future books and all the sport and all these sports. Uh football, we're going to really touch on that and dive into that next week. Although the Hall of Fame game is this week and on our new app, I think we should touch on the fact that there is a lot of cool uh, new features and enhancements especially the in-play graphics. Yeah, and uh, you know this first week of the new app, the uh, the chatter has definitely been about the in-play. The in-play is uh, vastly improved, much quicker, much faster, easier to make a bet, and we've got... Uh, the graphics new, are cool. Yeah, new yeah. play-by-play um, button that's there and kind of opens up a field to you and shows you where things are at on the field. If you're watching tennis, it actually shows you you know the tennis court right. and how the ball's going over back and forth over the court. So um, it's really, really cool. Um, you know, uh, Great job by 
our partners in Mayomni um, to, to update the app. And I'm really excited about where we're going moving forward and continue to add to the menu um, from a baseball standpoint. Uh, you know, a couple months ago, we changed to the to the penny line. And uh, just as early as last week, we started add, adding Major League Baseball team totals. So now you can bet over under each team in each game. So if, uh, you know, you got a starting pitcher like a uh, Caleb Smith for the Diamondbacks and you go, man, this guy gets shelled every time out. Um, you don't have to necessarily go bet on uh, on a team or, or against the team. You can just go bet on, on your team to score more runs or, or less runs uh, based on their total of the of the side of the of the total. So I think it's great stuff that the team continues to add. And uh, we're going to continue to kind of push that envelope as we go into college and pro football season. So look for those uh, markets to just absolutely explode with the amount of props that we're doing. Yeah, it's exciting. I totally agree with Jay. The, the comments and the chatter from our guests has been so positive about the, the new mobile app and, and all the kind of cool and, and neat features on it. I know we're going to really dive into football next week, but we did put up MVP, uh, total passing yards, touchdowns, receiving yards, rushing yards. There's so much stuff out there right now, guys, that we're going to dive into, and there's such a correlation with betting and watching, and, and this year you're going to see so many more preseason games on TV. We've always kind of beefed, like, God, I wish there was a preseason package because people want to watch those games. I think this year you're going to have a bigger opportunity uh, to watch a lot of those games, and we're going to have some some props up on maybe some of those TV games as well. Yeah, and we'll see, you know, a, a new format to, to pro football and how many preseason games they're playing. So we'll see. Um, normally, we don't get to see a lot of the superstars as we as we go into these early preseason games for much more than a series or two. And so we'll see as we shorten up the preseason uh, how much more time uh, if we're going to see these guys because um, it's tough to bet preseason games not knowing what's going to go on. You may be looking at a quarterback, um, you know, where, where you've got three quarterbacks or I, the quarterback depth the chart. the key, right, the rotation of quarterbacks. You I know, think if you look at that quarterback something. depth chart and who's going to get who's going to get time on the field, who's trying to prove themselves, um, and, and those type of things to, to know what, what an offense is going to do um, from, a, from a preseason betting football standpoint. I, I think one of the interesting storylines in, in, in preseason football now is the Colts. They already lose, you know, all-pro offensive lineman Quentin Nelson for 5 to 12 weeks. Um, but the big loss is Carson Wentz right now. We don't know how long he's going to be out. They've had opportunities maybe to go get a Nick Foles, to get a Minshew, to go out and get a quarterback, uh, a Drew Locke. Uh, they haven't gone that route. They've got two rookie quarterbacks, though, uh, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger from Washington and, and Texas. And they're saying that Eason's going to play the entire first half of their first preseason game. So they've kind of already released that. And on the flip side, they said Ellinger has been the star so far of camp. So you may see both these guys who are maybe battling not only for a backup job to Carson Wentz, but potentially to be the starter week one. So I think you have to look at kind of that stuff as well. Quarterback rotations are out there. We're in an information era. So that's kind of the key to look at is coaches who like to win, maybe some first-year coaches who want to kind of change the direction of the team and, and kind of get them fired up a little bit. Um, but for me, it's really a quarterback rotation. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to be doing first and second half wagering on all the preseason games. In play as well. In play will be on there, and there's a lot more more um, televised games. You talked about the preseason games uh, being tough to, to find and be able to watch. Um, a lot more uh, preseason games on TV this year, so uh, look out for that. And, and again, should be uh, – I, w- I wouldn't say go nuts in the preseason. I would say, uh, you know, dab will have fun. Go and, nuts. No. And, uh, you know, <laughs> right. maybe focus on, on baseball. Right. But a uh, lot to watch in the football, maybe a lot to learn that uh, will get you ready for that week one. And there's a lot of young quarterbacks anxious to see, you know, Trevor Lawrence in the preseason, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, um, Zach Wilson, see how all these guys play in the preseason. I think Lawrence and, and Zach Wilson, it's, it's kind of a 
gimme that they're going to get the start. Um, I know that San Francisco, Chicago, and New England are saying that it's going to be Newton, Dalton, and Garoppolo, but it wouldn't surprise me if one of those guys somehow emerges pretty quick in, in, in the process uh, to start. But that's what makes preseason kind of fun to see if any of these young guys can beat out some of the veterans. And it feels Lance or, or Mac Jones is like red hot in the preseason. That that kind of chatter or drumbeat's going to get even louder about one of those guys potentially starting week one. Yeah, and you, you know, you talked on it, and the guys were talking about uh, the NBA draft and that we um, didn't really feel like we had the big names in the NBA draft. Well, this is one of those NFL drafts yep. where we're coming coming into the NFL season this year where that NFL draft was was awesome. I mean, between all, Kyle the, Pitts. all the quarterbacks, yeah. the wide receivers, the tight end, I mean, there's a lot of rookie talent that we believe we're going to see on the field uh, starting. Uh, Harris for the, for the Steelers, uh, a spot opens right up. So, um, you know. Again, be able to get a look at these players in the preseason. Um, I know everybody's getting ready for their fantasy football drafts as well um, to see where these guys are going to go. And um, so again, you know, that's uh, as the as the calendar turns here, we enter August. Um, it's exciting to uh, right. to know football's uh, headed back. We said we were going to wait till next week to really dive into football, but we, <laughs> but we couldn't resist. Sorry, we are going to do uh, as it gets closer to the season, though. I know, kind of going into that Labor Day weekend, everyone kind of has their fantasy draft. So that week, we're going to touch on some cool fantasy uh, stats and kind of trends and things that we. We like that week, so you guys can take a look at it as well. Um, as Jason mentioned earlier, don't forget, up to a $500 bonus right now for SDN Sports. All this stuff going on, it's a great time to get signed up. And if there's lines in the book and everything kind of gets kind of crazy and busy with everything going on, it's our recent sportsbook kiosks. Yep, we've moved. We've got a ton of kiosks at every property. They're bright pink. You can't miss them. Really, really easy to use, uh, both from a wagering standpoint and a deposit standpoint. You put your money in at the kiosk. Don't have to come up to the counter um, and then uh, be able to get on your way and, and have the money on your STN app. And it's a great way to skip the line if we are busy. Don't forget about those, not only at our Big Six properties, but also at our Wildfire Gaming properties and the El Cortez. Guys, it's always fun being back and chatting sports with you. He's Jason. This is our buddy Teaser. I'm Chucky. We'll see you guys next week on Segment of Bookends.